Hey, everybody. I've got a little bit of housekeeping here before we get into the episode about Instagram and Theology Beer Camp. So I've been getting more active on Instagram, and I just want to let you guys know, in case you want to see me make some videos where I look directly into the camera, I'm sharing some stories and posts about basically all the topics that we cover on this show over at Instagram.com slash Dan Coke. That's C-O-K-E, and the link is in the show notes. Also, Theology Beer Camp is returning in 2024, October 17th through 19th. The theme is Return of the God Pods. That is a Lord of the Rings reference, which should surprise nobody. I will be there alongside Brian McLaren, Diana Butler-Bass, the New Evangelicals, Bible for Normal People, Tony and Josh from GGCH, of course, Trip Fuller and Homebrewed Christianity, and a whole grip of others. And you can use the promo code RETURNOFYHP, all one word, for $25 off your ticket. Prices go up starting June 1st. That link will be in the notes. I hope to see a bunch of you guys there in October. It was a serious highlight of last year for me. We are having some fun and trying some new things with video over here at You Have Permission. So today's episode is a Generation Gap Culture Hour episode. This is a type of patron-only episode that we do uh, basically every other month at this point. One of my favorite episodes to record. And this week, we have actually done video for all participants. So if you are a patron, you can go to the Patreon app, either on your phone or on your desktop or laptop computer. And if you choose, you can watch the video version of this episode. It is still edited the same way as the audio version, but you can see our faces. Uh, you could see Emily, who joins us today, reporting live from the Gilbert family <laughs> Christmas tree sleepover session. And you can see Tony and I uh, guffawing and making faces and all of that kind of thing. If you're just a, a main feed listener of the show, not yet. We're not yet doing a video yet for main feed episodes, but we're, we're kind of moving that way. And we will have some clips for social media that we're grabbing, stuff like that. Uh, but if you'd like to be a patron, patreon.com slash Dan Coke, seven bucks a month. If you already are a patron and you want to watch the video, then log on and you can watch it there. Uh, maybe at some point there will be a YouTube channel. There isn't yet. I'll keep you guys updated on, on anything like that in the future. Just wanted to make sure people knew they had the option. All right. And if you are on just on the main feed, you get to hear the first half of this episode and the other half uh, or the other two thirds or so maybe is behind the paywall for patrons. Thank you guys for all your support. We don't refer to the past. We're showing what we've done. A generation gap is a war is never won. The past is in. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another Generation Gap Culture Hour with myself, Josh Gilbert, Tony Jones. Gentlemen, well, I was going to ask, how was your holiday? But we're about to get a pretty, pretty fucking direct report from Josh's <laughs> girlfriend, Emily, about Gilbert Christmas Tree 2023. Uh, so look forward to that, listeners. So maybe we can talk about our holidays then. But it's good to see your guys' faces and hear your voices. Same. Why does it feel like it's been a while? Two months since we did the last one. I had a human join our family since our last one. That So everything feels like... Kind of, it's been a while. Um, we are recording this on Monday, January 29th, which means last night, were all three of us 
closely watching the 49ers Detroit Lions NFC Championship or was that just Josh and I Tony were you watching that game I caught the fourth quarter okay so I was you, pulling for the Lions that's a different energy than I think Dan and I's investment <laughs> yeah I, I was pulling that I was pulling the, for the Lions I've, I spent like 10 minutes at the bar making sure I had the perfect TV setup where I could hear the speaker gosh. and it was right in front of me and I made sure they had a surly beer on tap like it I needed it to be perfect Okay, interesting. Um, I won't comment on whatever that compulsion is uh, coming from you. I uh, had a really good friend in town from Texas who I get to see like a couple times a year. That that worked out great. And we went to kind of our, our favorite local brewery. But guys, I don't drink that much anymore. And I had the most alcohol that I have had since Jaffrey and I did a joint birthday party in July. Uh, so I like, I made a joke at one point because the game was crazy. Uh, I'm a 49ers fan. If people don't know that, uh, and a pretty big one, I follow the season very closely. I listen to a lot of podcasts about it. Um, it's perhaps slightly unhealthy, uh, but I made a joke about, you know, how in football they will say it's four down territory, like at the end of the game, like if you're behind, you got to go for it. You're not punting or maybe even kicking a field goal. And I was like, Josh, my buddy, I was like, I think we might be in four beer territory here for me. And four pints is like, that's, I mean, that's, I don't think I had four pints at Theology Beer Camp any day of that trip even. So it got a little, got a little swirly in my stomach uh, last night and today. It was early enough in the day. I I wouldn't say I have any sort of hangover, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. Did it affect your sleep? Yes, it always affects my sleep, and that's why I don't drink yeah. so much anymore. The older it I get, sleep. the older I get, the more booze, any kind of booze, affects my sleep. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's the problem for me too. That that's like the number one thing. I even did. This is getting really nerdy. I even did like some spreadsheeting about a year ago, where I like checked in with myself uh, at a certain point during the day, and like how depressed I was feeling, how anxious I was feeling. And I logged things. It's when I was doing some calorie counting. I put in how many calories I had the day before. I put in how many units of alcohol I drank the day before. And I was looking for all these, how many hours I worked in the morning. Because I had this theory about, that I think was true about like, if I use my brain in the morning, I'm happier the rest of the day. I'm like less irritable. Like it's like taking the Labrador for a walk. And, uh, And I did find that like alcohol consumption was definitely negatively correlated with mental health, negatively correlated with sleep. And I also looked, I also did one for sleep hours and sleep quality. Uh, and I found it, it affected both like quite a bit. And I was like, man, I've like kind of known this for a while, but maybe been in denial about it because earlier, you know, when I was in my twenties, because I was in a touring rock band and drinking is just a big part of that lifestyle. And then since then, because I'm a human being, who doesn't want to change things about myself, you know, which is normal, but yeah. And all with the help of Andrew Huberman in your ears too. <laughs> well, that is, that is all before I was listening to any Huberman lab. Nice. Um, okay. So we've got, we have some, we have a new repeating segment here today that we're going to introduce after bar bank church or dispensary. Josh, you want to, you want to set us up for uh, this round? Bar bank. Church or dispensary? Tony, I feel like we should you... have a, a theme song for this, like a, a little. That's a good idea. Like the yeah. Jeopardy theme. That's a little cliche. 
kid a drum roll yeah <laughs> that's an option super whatever generic. josh has it is, whatever josh has all right i'll work i'll work on a theme Free, song maybe we can find something that isn't from freesounds.com <laughs> yeah you know all these generic they're riverside <laughs> just baked in sounds oh it's riverside okay <clears throat> all right so. uh yeah okay that would be good to have a theme song for bar bank distillery or church dispensary dispensary whoops my gosh. I mean, we could throw a distillery in there and really up the, you know. Here's the thing, you guys, about dispensaries is the people who name dispensaries are really into puns. Yeah. They're like Good Buds Dispensary, you know, like oh, Green yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. or <laughs> Nobody, banks and churches and bars aren't into puns. But, I mean, bars maybe a little bit, you know, particularly like breweries might be like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. First, I think first, that I think you got to kind of watch draft, out, you know. But it's just like that's what makes the game fun is you you have to look out for the church names that don't sound as much like church names. And with dispensaries, you got to get past all the like dumb weed culture and look for the ones who are really trying yeah. to like do something a little elevated or mm-hmm. something. And then you're like the church people who are trying to do something a little elevated, and like then that's yeah. where they all meet, and that's what makes it funny. Okay, so. The town is Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Mass. Hell yeah. Okay. Worcester, Mass. Okay, ready? I'm yep. ready. Armsby Abbey. Next level. <laughs> Mission Central. Okay, Mission is obviously some kind of misdirection here. Say them again. Here we go. Armsby Abbey. Next level. Mission and Central. All right, who's ready? Not yet. Not quite. This is where we need the Jeopardy theme music. Hmm. Shoot. You're make, I'm really, I'm really, Josh, you cut all this out, right? You yeah. cut all the part out where we're just floundering. <laughs> okay, you can say well, whatever stumped. the hell you I want. want. No, I, you know what, Josh? I would good. like you to leave in, I would like you to leave in a little <laughs> bit of the time where Dan <laughs> is stumped, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, that would be I good. Sign that's off. My, I sign off on that. That's my little editorial pleading with you. Okay, Dan, let's hear it. Okay. I'm going to say Armsby Abbey Restaurant, Next Level Church. No. Yeah. Next Level Church, Mission Bar, Central Bank. Those are my guesses. And by restaurant, oh, wait, you meant... I did that wrong. Yeah. Wait. Do that oh, again. Now we really got to edit this out. Because you said Shoot. restaurant. You meant yeah. bars. Why don't you start over? Yeah, okay. Armsby Abbey Bar, Next Level Church, Mission Dispensary, Central Bank. I'm going like, I think I could get zero. I might have gotten zero or I might have gotten all four. And I'm like trying to, I'm like, speaking of NFL, I'm trying to figure out what you're doing as offensive coordinator, Tony. And I'm trying (laughs) to like get inside your mind as defensive coordinator. And maybe I'm being too cute, but those are my guesses. Okay, Josh. I'm gonna I'm gonna play in uh, to the fact that you did this last minute because I thought it was Dan's turn, but it was Tony's. So my guesses are: Armsby Abbey Dispensary, Next Level Church, Mission Bank, and Central Bar. Dan, you got four right. Four oh, for I four. I got all of them. Oh, yes. Wait, o for four or all four? Four for four. Four all right. Josh, you got one right. Ugh. Oh it my is Central gosh. Credit Central Credit Union, yeah. Armsby Abbey Pub, Next Level Church, 
and Mission Dispensary, all in Worcester, Mass. Wow. Okay, wow. So that brings Dan up to a total of nine. Tony has two, and Josh has seven. Dang. A commanding lead. I mean, it's crazy that the the week you... We should maybe add a rule that, like, if you stump, if anybody goes 0 for 4... You get point points or something. We, we have you get. We have two. Did rule. we already add that? Okay. Yeah, we have that rule. Yeah, it's been a while. You get two points for that. Yeah, it has. So you can get four points if you stump both people. Right? I almost stumped Josh, and that I could have used those points. Oh. I know. Yeah, that's that's good. Okay, well, I'm feeling really pleased with myself. Okay, we've got a new repeating segment before Emily calls in to the show. Really, we're just making this more and more like talk radio. <laughs> Uh, the, the repeating segment is ways we realize we're becoming like our dads, which I think is very generationally appropriate. And I thought of this yesterday because I, I'll start with mine. I was driving to church with Soren and I have recognized this a few times. My dad, like when I was in high school and I was, you know, really into punk rock and all this loud, abrasive, high energy music. There were many years where, like, I just was not interested in listening to anything that wasn't loud. And, you know, it just needed to scratch that itch. Josh, I know you've been in this phase of your life for your whole life. Yep. Um, but I grew out of it, you know, because I'm mature. And uh, my dad on Sunday mornings, though, on the way to church would be like, no, we're going to listen to something worshipful on the way to church. And I thought, this is so silly. You know, why did if God's the God of everything or whatever I would have said, I don't know, as a 15 year old, I might not have quite phrased it that way. And I now find myself putting on particular playlists or albums that like, you know what? We're on our way to church. Like I would like to start the kind of psychological process here of like getting myself into a different mindset that is going to be more in line with, you know, what, what we're here to do. And I could kind of give, the psychological, I could pretend the psychological arguments are what compels me, but I bet you I'm just fucking becoming my dad. I bet that's really all it is. And I should just acknowledge that. And I thought, let's talk about these as we realize them. So let's, whenever we've got them, let's talk about a, a thing we know about ourselves, realize that we are becoming like our dads. So that's, that's mine. Do, do either of you guys, well, I know you don't go to church, Josh. Tony, you don't go to church either, right? Correct. You preach at church sometimes, other churches. Occasionally. Did you, did you ever do this when you were going to church regularly? Josh, same question for you. Yeah. I remember it was like, whatever happens before church has to be really innocent. Like you can't, it was, it wasn't just on the way to church. It was like, you can't watch TV before and you can't like have that much fun. You have to be in this like somber state. And then once, of, yeah. once church is over, <laughs> you can let her rip at home. You know? <laughs> the weekend is started. Wow. Okay. No. Although your family, there's no real letting it rip in the Gilbert household growing up, right? I mean, you'll hear more buttoned down later. Well, I guess we're going to hear. Yeah. Tony, Uh, my parents never listened to Christian music except for one guy named Merrill Womack, who had been severely burned in a plane accident, plane wreck, and I was really deeply scarred as a kid. I mean, I'm saying, speaking of puns, because my parents had a few albums by him. And, you know, this is all before the internet or whatever. And I'd never really seen like a serious burn victim before. And his face is like on the LP really big. 
completely scarred and, and like really brutal. And he was, I don't know, a Christian singer or whatever. And, um, that was the only Christian music my parents listened to. We never, ever listened to Christian music in the car. And by the time I was a parent, I'd sworn off Christian music as well. My Christian music era that I listened to Christian music was very brief. And it was kind of like in college into my twenties. And it was Striper, White Heart, that kind of like Christian hair metal. And it was like, so you wouldn't be like, Hey, on our way to church, you know, kind of mentally prepping for the sermon you're about to give better throw on uh, to hell with the devil. Right? No, no. Cause (laughs) by the time I had kids, like I said, I didn't, you know, my first kid was born in 2000 and I was well past. I had sworn off. I was, I didn't like, I still don't like Christian music. And in fact, I had to move a buddy's car yesterday. And when I turned it on, he was like listening to the Christian music station in this, in our area called KTIS. And I was just like, I mean, I just broke out in repelled at how bad the music was, man. Well, we did on, on the way home from school, shots fired at your friend, man, terrible, terrible. And on the way home, (laughs) but on the way home from church, my parents would usually argue about the sermon, which was very, um, I mean, I have very distinct memories of like sitting in the back of the station wagon and it's very mainline. Like my pastor had gone to Harvard undergrad and went to uh, Union Seminary in New York City. These were very uh-huh. intellectual sermons, yeah. um, kind of political and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I remember my parents good naturedly like in debates on the way home about the merits of the sermon and the merits of the ideas that he presented in the sermon and stuff like that. So it was a very, the whole thing was, trust me, it, I, I, it was very different than what you guys experienced. Church was a very intellectual endeavor in my family. Like that's why, that's what it was. It was an intellectual endeavor. It was not a spiritual endeavor. Is this the item you're going to share for how you became like your father? Because what's the difference between that and <laughs> podcasting, Tony? <laughs> Uh, no, here, how I become like my father, and I've noticed it recently, just like in the last few weeks, probably since Christmas, it's really taken me aback to when I'm not wearing a hat or glasses, which I'm usually almost always wearing a hat and glasses, and I catch, a, and I catch myself in the mirror, I'm like, holy shit, I really look like my dad. And that, it's not a good feeling when I, when I see that because, I mean, my dad was a fine guy, you know, I, yeah, he was a fine guy. I've done a lot of thinking and writing about him and there's a whole chapter about his yeah. death in my book. As you'll see, it's, it's very painful and it's everybody who's read the book so far has had strong feelings about that chapter. Some of whom have thought I'm too hard on my dad. So it's, that's all wrapped up in it. Like I don't, I'm really still at 55. My dad's been dead six years this month and I'm, still wrestling with feelings about him. And so when I look like him, it really like stops me short. Hmm. I will just say there are things I don't talk about in specifics with my dad and won't until like while he's alive. So I relate to that. We'll see as this segment goes on what I am comfortable sharing or not, but I've had a, a very complicated relationship with him, especially the last eight eight, nine years. I know you guys know as friends of mine, a lot of details about that. Um, and it's a, you know, protect people in the family kind of a decision that I, I think is wise for now. 
uh, eventually I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll be willing to be forthright about it. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that hits, I don't look like him maybe quite as much that like, I don't, I see both my parents, you know, when I catch that look in, in the mirror or whatever. Um, uh, but, but the emotional content of what you're saying very much, very much hits home for me. Yeah. I like this segment a lot because it feels like the, we're, there's this inevitable sliding, like I'm, I'm downhill just sliding into slowly <laughs> yeah. becoming my dad as much it as is I inevitable. Like, yeah. As much as I, I feel like you spend, I mean, I spent the first 20 years saying like, I'm so unlike my dad in this way, I'm going to do this different. Like you just kind of, you see the world made a certain way. And then you're like, I'm going to choose to be this way, you know, in response to that it's things I didn't like or whatever. Um, not to disparage him too much, but for me, uh, the thing that I, I, for me, it's a pet peeve that now I see myself doing. And so there's like this guilt and this like double standard around it. But my dad has this habit of introducing or to starting conversations by asking questions that aren't answerable. It's like as a way to show he's excited to see someone, he'll just say a sentence that's usually formed as a question, but it's not really like something you can answer. It's like, it's very like, I don't know, uh, ADHD or something. It's very like, what are you give doing? Give us an example. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like, what are you doing down there in the? How, how's the thing? Like he'll just like kind of run sentences together, and it's just this emphatic like, <laughs> hi. But it's a question. And the other day, I went to there's like a local coffee shop here that we go to on Sundays. A bunch of our friends will go, and there's like eight people this time, maybe two weeks ago. And I walk in. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like, well, all y'all just here doing the thing. And there's no oh, like, no. <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> I saw everyone's face and I realized I didn't say anything that was really interactive. There was nothing inter for them to hold on to and <laughs> respond to. It, I yeah. might as well have just said hi, you know, but yeah. it, so that hit me a lot. Cause that's something I've complained about and like laughed about, you know, with my dad for years and here I am doing it again, doing it myself. So that's a good one. Your guys' are both better than mine. Um, we also should say this is the first uh, video. We're yes. going to attempt to put this up as a video via Patreon. You know, Maybe what? there will be a YouTube channel at some point. Did Tony, you, did you, you know Tony? that? <laughs> <laughs> at least you're wearing Thanks. your trademark hat and glasses. You're good yeah, there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I thought we told you. We I texted you guys about it. Oh, I okay. Didn't, I well, apparently, did. you're also becoming like your dad. You're just you're not realizing that you're skipping over text messages. That <laughs> no, I was I was on a here's a, here's a little insight into me. I was on a hunting trip all weekend, and when I'm hunting, I wear my I wear contact lenses, not glasses, because I'm constantly wearing safety glasses, sunglasses, changing them out. And when I wear contact lenses, I can't really read without reading glasses on because of my astigmatism. Okay. So I often and then there was like this whole string of texts, but between you, uh, the three of us, I, and uh, as you may have, get, uh, at, at the end of it, I was like, all good or whatever, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I can't really read. I can't really read my texts when I, for four days because I'm wearing contacts all the time and I'm busy with hunting, whatever. So I probably did miss it. I rarely miss texts, but those, those are the times I miss texts. No glasses. We're going to have deep to in the weeds boys. We'll have to keep it lit, like only one thing per week where we're becoming like our dads or else it's going to take over the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think now will be a good time that we're going to switch to patrons only. So if you want to hear what Emily has to say about the Gilbert family collective sleeping under the Christmas tree, patreon.com slash Dan Coke. 
the first half of this will be on the on the main feed, and the, the rest of it will be for patrons. Seven bucks a month, at least two exclusive episodes per month, like Generation Gap Culture Hour and others, as well as access to the Facebook community and ad-free versions of all the main feed episodes, sometimes with a little bit more conversation as well, a little bit longer cuts. Let's transition. Em- Emily is calling. This is our first caller. We don't refer to the past. 